So the title of this afternoon's Dharma talk is Focus, Focus is Ignorance. And I'm giving this this kind of a title so that we can interact around this. I'll talk a little bit and then you can ask questions. So what I'm basically saying is very simple. I'm just trying to um, encourage you to see the way your consciousness works. So obviously, or maybe not so obviously, if I focus on something, that doesn't mean that that's ignorance necessarily. But if you look at anything you look at, if I look at Cody, I'm ignoring everything else. If I look at everything else, I'm ignoring Cody. So, and if you look at everything all at once, then you don't know what's going on. Because it's more like looking at a, the conventional metaphor might be a kaleidoscope. The poet uh, Lawrence Ferlinghetti back in the 50s, I think it was, wrote a really great, long, really long poem called The Coney Island of the Mind. Powerful poem. And it was very much like that to read it. It was like you were just stumbling from one little booth to the next or ride. On the other hand, his organization of space, words, sounds, metaphor, images, and so on is quite powerful. I can't quote from it, or I would. So what the what we're what I'm endeavoring to to point out here is that anytime you are looking about looking at a particular thing, regardless of what it is, we immediately as soon as we look at it, we immediately in some way add on, and that adding on could be I like it, I don't like it, it's not so good, it's good, it's doing better, it's getting better, it's getting larger, getting smaller, constant uh, rumination about every darn thing. You know that everything you think about, can you just think about one thing? without having something else come along or something else or opting for getting rid of that and getting something else. And so I'm not saying don't focus on anything. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying be aware, be aware, Ex- stretch, expand uh, that invisible thing. It's not a thing. It's not a f- phenomenon. You can't see awareness. You can't see thoughts. We experience that, that whole situation constantly in the form of what? Forms. Without forms arising in the in the, uh, the nerve endings, in the sense fields, touch, taste, smell, feeling, hearing, sight, thinking. It wouldn't be, that's how we know about space. But we tend to identify with what we're focused on. And that focus may be a self-centered focus. Quite often we might meet someone that's extremely self-centered in some odd kind of way or maybe conventional kind of way. And you see that the, the, anytime you meet someone that looks kind of self-centered, you'll notice that they don't know it. They actually are ignoring their very narcissism. At the same time that you're looking at their narcissism, you're ignoring your narcissism. And one of the ways that you do that is to project onto others what's happening to you. Focus. Don't do it. And when I say don't do it, I'm not saying interrupt it, fight with it, struggle with it, take it down, win. I'm saying just awareness. Awareness is just like air flowing through the room. It's like the sky that... There's no argument at all with the clouds, no matter how wild or crazy they get, no matter how many um, thunderstorms or tsunamis happen, that nothing ever affects the sky. And you could even say that the sky isn't really anything at all. It's just something we name. We give a name to the space in which those big fluffy things occur, which are really interesting. If you're, You've heard me say before that if you watch your thoughts in the same way that you watch clouds, uh, you'll get a little bit more you could say objectivity about what's happening in your mind and less subjectivity or taking things personally. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd like to say it this way. Just like clouds are interesting, 
even captivating, even make us really focus on things. That one looks just like a sheep. Mm-hmm. You've all done that before. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you always see bunny rabbits. But when you do that, you're ignoring every every other cloud, and you're ignoring the ground, you're ignoring the frog that's hopping across your living room floor, came in the front door, going ahead of the back door. You're ignoring, and to be aware that you're ignoring is a begin, beginning of liberation. If, if you aren't able to liberate yourself from the circularity of your personal dilemma called me and my life and my stuff and my things and my problems and my issues and my, 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 me, 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 you're not able to liberate yourself. And even saying liberate yourself is full of focus, full of delusion, full of complications, and is incorrect. But if you don't, then you are going to keep right on going, spinning around as you this body-mind collapses and the consciousness continues on its uh, trajectory or circularity. Stop laughing. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to come here and just laugh for the whole <laughs> And I won't even know what I'm laughing at. I'm laughing about it's not particularly funny. It's, it's just strange, mysterious and completely obvious at the same time. Those two coming together, it's called non-duality. Anytime you find two separated separated things, when you see that they're not separate from each other, this is the beginning of your journey into, what am I going to say next? Into what? Into delusion, not awakening. Your journey, you have to go into delusion before you can have wisdom. You can't just suddenly be really ontologically, soteriologically, Brilliant. I don't even have a PhD. And I know those words. <clears throat> so the idea with focus on any given thing, it's not to stop focusing. It's just to notice when you're, anytime you're engaged or mesmerized or entrained by any given situation, that may be exactly what you're trying to do. You're trying to thread a needle. Can you thread a needle if it's in a haystack? That's a rhetorical. So just notice that when you do bring your focus down to something, those of you who are sewing these uh, things. Uh, notice that when you're down on that, there's even more intensity, more intense. You actually take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Every time you take a stitch or every other stitch or however your sewing teacher has told you to do that. <clears throat> this is about bringing even more intent- uh, attention down and focus down. So it's not about getting rid of the focus. Even when you sit down and look at the wall, you look at the wall and you notice that, that you, even though you're looking at the wall, the wall vanishes. As soon as you hear a cardinal outside, the wall disappears. But you can't find the, find the boundary between where the awareness shifts from looking at the, the cottage cheese wall we've specially designed, where it switches from that to the sound. You can't find that boundary. If you can, let me know where it's at. Write it down. Make a quick note. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be... Uh, particularly ridiculous about it. I'm just saying it's a very interesting area to notice that the whole sensorium, as the awareness can move uh, from one area to the other, you can't. It doesn't do it in, in by way of kind of boundaries. It's almost like it's a it just it's just subtle change from from gray to black, from gray to white, or from black to white. Recently, I gave a talk. I think I think I gave a talk. If I didn't, I thought it up and then I didn't give it. And that was uh, what was that? The talk was about, um, it's about, oh, it had to do with focus. It was about don't focus, gaze. Didn't I give a talk by that name? No, this is, that's where this talk is coming out of that one somewhat. 
Is it because I want to talk more about that because I know that all of you who are meditators here that spend time on the cushion hours and hours each day or whatever it is you're doing, hours and hours each year, doesn't matter. We're not looking for results. What we're looking for is aware, 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 always awareness. And so if you just sit and you learn to just be present, hold a very symmetrical position, hold it not rigidly, but hold it for as long as you can without moving. And then when you need to move, then go ahead and move. Stretch your muscles a little bit. Kick out the jams. <laughs> Return to square one. Control all delete. Just boom. Back to this. Back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. Beginner's mind. Suzuki Roshi in 1969, I guess it was. It's one of his teachings. Zen mind or heart mind. Beginner's mind. It's in the, he to paraphrase him in the in the beginner's mind uh, in the expert's mind. The possibilities are very very few. It's very crowded in that area. I know stuff, but in the beginner's mind, the possibilities are endless because they're always starting at the beginning. There's only the beginning. You find an end to something, this is delusion, including the end of suffering, by the way. The only thing that can end is something that has started, and if something hasn't started, it can end. That's one of those Zen, what do they call them, coins? Is somebody going to correct me? One of my children up here, they... So the idea is to bring, uh, as you're sitting, is to see the way, not just watch what's coming and going, which is a, a part of it, but also see the way we attach and see the way we let go, see the way we attach, focus, see the way we push away, focus, see the way we shut down on some particular part of our mind, some emotion, feeling, some quality that's arising. It might not be an obvious thing like blocking it out. Ignorance isn't that. Uh, <clears throat> um, has more subtlety than that. Ignorance is more like something arises, and sometimes you can notice that if you're talking to someone, certain people, maybe the same person all the time, when you're talking to them, you notice that they look like they're listening, but actually they've just been distracted. It's almost like someone something changes in their eye shape or something. You're looking, and you have their attention, and then you could actually go, <laughs> and they wouldn't do anything because they're not even looking at you. <laughs> well, they might notice that. <laughs> I'm just saying you could... Because they're 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 actually thinking about what they're gonna say back to what you just said three seconds ago. They're they're thinking up their response to keep the what the circularity going of we're real, we're here, we have our ideas. What's your opinion about my opinion about your opinion? It's circular. It's circular. It goes on and on. It's not wrong. We're not saying this is bad. People shouldn't do this. We're talking about awareness, awareness, awareness. Don't yawn. No, you can yawn. I was just practicing my focus on you. <laughs> Who else likes to yawn in here? Oh, me. I, I yawn all day long. <clears throat> I get to pick on anybody who's going to be a monk or is already a monk. <laughs> Who's that other monk? Oh, so how do you say, I mean, I don't know how else to say it other than watch what's moving and watch the way we get attached to what's moving. And so the, the one of the things that I learned from Trungpa Rinpoche a long time ago, it sounded very simple and kind of, what, what's that about? I heard I heard someone else who was a meditation instructor of his. I wasn't an instructor at the time. This was in 1973, 74, probably 74. I don't really know. Maybe later. But I heard someone giving meditation instruction to someone, and I said, well, just, you know, just touch and go, just touch and go. And I thought, that's dumb. I think I might have even written it down. That's dumb. <clears throat> but the more I thought about that, reflected on that, that's not such a bad way to help someone who tends to fix on things. That you could actually have an attitude of just just touch on it and then relax. 
This is part of the reason that Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche taught uh, the practice of shine, or calm abiding, or resting in tranquility, by saying, just follow the out-breath. You follow the out-breath, but not necessarily the in-breath. This doesn't mean you push away the in-breath, but you just follow the out-breath, and then at the end, you would say, there's a gap, and there is. Um, and I'm not saying that's a particularly inappropriate way uh, to practice. I've practiced, practiced it myself for a long time. I just think it's uh, uh, maybe a little bit more workable from this perspective here to hold very, the only thing you really did, uh, really to do by way of attention is hold very still, sit in a symmetrical posture, hold very still with the back straight, and watch. Because in your dynamic, your dynamic, your sensorium, or yours, or anyone else's, <clears throat> they're so different from each other, you might as well be from different planets. This is what I've been seeing since I started. I was trained as an instructor in 1978. It took me years to be able to see that. And a lot of times when I would start to see more deeply into that, then I would just stop. I don't know. Only my teacher knows. I'm not, not going there. He had to die first. And the reason I'm saying that is it seems, over doing this for a long time, it seems the less you can participate in some kind of creation or destruction, it is, it isn't. Any kind that the, the more there is the possibility of just seeing this incredibly open dimension of being, which is called no self, no other. There's no solid being here. There's no solid other over there. Sure, the hell looks like it. This is called delusion, and the whole world is operating out of that. If you watch Fox News, MSNBC, watch uh, what's that other one? Green one? Russian television? Russia Today? I mean, they're all doing it. Anybody, either. it doesn't matter if they're liberal or, liberal or conservative or anyone, anywhere. Even the most, the ones that are the most clear still are fixated. You have to see it. You have to see your own fixation. If you don't see your own fixation, you won't see the fixation of others. And I'm not trying to get you to get rid of anything, including fixation. Just be aware. But how, how are you aware? Part of the awareness has to do with not feeling very good. Quite often, I just had someone ask me recently, why would you have your eyes closed? When you meditate. And I responded, as I can remember, I responded, well, when you, when you close your eyes, this is what we do when we sleep. So if you wanted to see more clearly, you would have your eyes open rather than close them. Although I would say if you close your eyes, and even if you do a mantra or do anything, it's quite a bit easier to sit here for long periods of time. Much harder to sit here very still with no project at all. And then your project is what? Your mind. Your personal mind. What happens with Shoka? What happens with Chazan? What happens with the Pozan, or with me, or with anyone else in here, uh, is it's your particular recipe, the particular uh, recipe, the particular combination of causes, conditions, elements, past lives, future lives, how you can say whatever you want to, about that shows up as this particular moment right now, which has, which any past and any future for this moment, you are imputing, you're, you're actually imputing a future that you think you're living into and you're imputing a past that you think you just came out of. But there isn't anything else with this. But don't take my word for it. Don't believe it. Don't believe a thing I say. Don't disbelieve it, and don't look away. And then, end of story. Or the beginning of the story. Not separate. Beginning, ending, starting, stopping, time, space. What are those other two? Oh, life and death. There's the big polarity that people think are so different from each other. Does it sound like I'm saying the opposite? It's a question. Does it sound like I'm saying something? <laughs> Nobody's going to step into that one. <laughs> so is it death and then life? One doesn't follow the other. 
Firewood doesn't become ash. Firewood's firewood. Ash is ash. Life is life. Death is. But it ha one has to understand that to be able to make such a, a statement. One has to understand that to even ask about it. It's not two. The questioner and one who answers the question are not separate. That's why I can't think anything of them. You're actually teaching. I'm not. Questions teaches? Yes, they are. As a, what is it in the Lankavatara Sutra where, um, can you quote one of those? Mahamati. Uh, the Buddha says to Mahamati, hey, thanks, Mahamati, for asking that question and helping out all these aspiring bodhisattvas. They weren't quite smart enough to ask that question. But you are. Well, thanks. And then he looks around at all the bodhisattvas and he said, get it? Now get it. <laughs> It's a wonderful book, <clears throat> which we study once a week. Further questions, please. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between focus and attention? I think they're similar in other than the focus is more like some kind of a, you're actually narrowing down focus, where attention is your, whatever's in front of you, you're, you're attending to that. You're, you're, you're giving everything your attention. So it may, things may come and go out of that attention, like the, I was saying earlier, you're um, you're looking at the texture of the wall, and then a, because you're not trying to focus on the wall, not trying to hold your attention in one place. At least uh, the way I teach it, you might be doing. You might need to do that. I wouldn't say you're doing anything wrong, but if you're sitting looking at the wall and you're not doing anything but holding this position, then the the everything that moves, you give it your attention. So if you'll notice that when you look at this wall, you'll notice that you're if you're on the wall, if you're aware of the wall, you'll notice that you don't really hold to one spot. And if you do, you have to make yourself do it. You have to focus to do it. But if you don't focus, then your your mind or your eye consciousness goes, it doesn't make this sound, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> you notice that? I mean, look at you. And that's that's my way of saying you see little faces, and there's a car, and then a Mercedes comes in. How do they make a Mercedes out of cottage cheese? <laughs> you know, it's just really silly. But something about the awareness, if you're looking at the wall, and you're just, if you're focusing, you might miss the cardinal, might, because that's what I mean by focus as, a, as a ignorance. Because you're trying to, be, trying to be aware, trying to focus, trying to be a good meditator, following your breath, labeling thinking, counting your breaths one to ten, Saying a mantra, not wrong. There's nothing incorrect about that. You, you, I, any of us may really need to do mantras. I certainly did. Some millions of them. And might say, you might say, you could say, well, why don't you teach us to do millions of mantras? I said, is that what you want to do? Because <laughs> I can teach you that. And I'm happy to do that if you come and ask for it. But if you say, Uncle Sokazan, what should I do? I would say, train your mind. How do I train my, your mind? Sit down, hold still, keep all the senses open, and watch what moves. Because what's moving is your imputation about the nature of reality over and over. I'm here, I feel good, I'm here, I feel bad. Me, 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 me. That's not happening, then, you know, yeah. Yes? You hear the term attendant deficit disorder a lot, because it seems like we're... Mm -hmm. distracted by, you know, we're in the middle of something and then the cell phone text message yes. ding. Can't even finish preparing a meal because there's 20 other things that call your <clears throat> yes. attention. So You want to know what that is? Awareness. It's awareness. How do I know you? Because I've said it to you a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, the, what comes up, I mean, even if it's, it's difficult. I, I'm, I'm not uh, 
because I'm old and been around a while doesn't mean I'm free of that kind of uh, frustration or difficulty. But the priority needs to be the awareness, no matter how much difficulty or suffering or frustration comes up. Awareness, awareness has to be the space in which everything is occurring. Very, very powerful. And if you want to transcend this world, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe you see it so clearly you know that there isn't anything to transcend. If you read Long Chempa, there isn't anything to do. There's nothing to meditate on. If you can train your mind without meditating, then do that. Maybe you personally don't want to train your mind, or you don't like it, or you want to do something else. You want to start a popcorn factory. Yes. So when you say train your mind, what is it we're training? <clears throat> Just the whole, the whole consciousness... Uh, um, display of the six sense fields and and the space in which uh, that space in which things occur. We're we're changing our allegiance over from the thing that's arising to the space that it's arising in. Just a simple metaphor. It's like mind like the sky. So the clouds can come and go. They don't leave a single mark on the sky. You've heard this over and over and over again from me and from others. They make it up. So mind like the sky. You're just here. You're just. Even if something becomes very, very personal, becomes like some kind of knot in the middle of your, it still has to have a sky to rise in, still needs space. What we tend to do, though, the ego mind tends to clamp down around it and try to protect that ball of fear because it's, uh, it's afraid of what? Sky, open sky, open space. It's afraid that it might not exist. Yes? What's the value of training? <clears throat> I would say just, I've uh, said it before, different ways. The value would be to be more clear about the way you create problems for yourself and others, and also to be more clear, not to necessarily end them, but to bring a lot of awareness down into that whole matrix where you're, when things go wrong, you tend to blame others, to actually watch yourself do that. You might have to see yourself blame others without doing anything to it, which is embarrassing for ego. Ego doesn't like that. It wants a reason to be, get better. It wants to improve. Well, I don't criticize people as much anymore. I used to be really critical, but now you know, I would tell you if I was your teacher, which I may be or may not be, I would tell you, you may need to look at that critical stuff and you may need to actually operate in that area for a while so you can get an idea of just what an ass you are. We need to, we need to look at the, at the disturbance. We need to look at the delusion. We need to look, this is a, awakening or enlightenment if there is such a thing. Realization is not about leaving this crazy world for some god realm. There are people that teach it that way and say you could get better, but you can't heal something that is not real. And ego or self-centeredness is not somebody, nor is it nobody. So any time you spent trying to get a healthy ego going is going to be, might look good for 20 years, but it's circular. When death comes without warning, we'll see how that holds up then. So training the mind is to whatever your particular brand or style of confusion or craziness is to actually just just look at it, just just be with it. Um, my teacher, Chogyam Kung Fu Rinpoche, used to say, make friends with yourself. Make, make friends with your mind. <clears throat> Don't try to change it into something else. Sit and sit and slowly over time get to know just how rough and rugged some of the stuff is way down here. Up here. Here's, the, here's the hope and fear. Here's the paranoia. And here's the Buddha nature, the bodhicitta, mind of awakening. It's here in the heart. And this does not think. This thinks, but it's just a, uh, it's just a little helper in the back room. You don't necessarily have to think that much. And I'm not saying that if <clears throat> that if a bear comes into the room and it's obvious they're not going to meditate, that you couldn't operate out of your gut and jump out the window. Watch out! Don't step on my wife. I'm not saying you, there aren't there aren't times when that kind of 
fear response isn't necessary. But quite often, you could come out of this. You can't come out of this unless you've spent some time, what, going into this, going into this. Find out who this is. Please, train your mind. And even training is an extra word. Mind is, who knows what that is. We've all got all kinds of words for it in Sanskrit. And the Tibetans, I think, have four or five different kinds of mind. Yid and uh, Sems. And do you know anybody knows the rest of further questions? All righty then. Question. We're doing something like sitting, holding still, and mm-hmm. endeavoring, endeavoring yes. to not move. Or what happens? Yes. If it feels like the, str- the strength of something to take us away from that, like reach for the coffee cup or go up to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. it seems like it takes some effort to stay there and resist that impulse. Instructions mm-hmm. to hold them. Mm-hmm. So how can you do that without the, the force of focus? You, <clears throat> you may have to focus. You're going to focus. They're very nature of the mind is to focus and go back and forth. So we're, we're in a uh, three-dimensional space. We're not limited to it, but we're certainly here, and it certainly seems very solid. So, you, so you're just here. You're just aware of what you're doing. It's not about changing what you're doing. It's not even about meditating particularly. I mean, if you're a student of mine, I want you to meditate because I know that it's really nice <laughs> after a few. So uh, the idea with train with meditating, forget the word meditation. Sit down, hold still, and watch what is moving, because the moving part is where your personal difficulty is. And if you don't observe it, you'll cover it up with thoughts, opinions, ideas, judgments, and it, it's still tumbling around here. And you'll be fine as long as the physical body's here, more than likely. I'm not saying you couldn't run into a, a bad moon rising, but you know you could probably be get by, be okay, and you know still go to Cedar Point, still you know get your Get your kayak in the water and all those other things that you want to do with your life. But at some point, this is going to drop. This body-mind complex is going down. Just billions and billions of people. None of them have made it. All the people, uh, uh, well, just 200 years ago, those people were all gone. And they were they were taking their life so seriously. Think how serious Ben Franklin was. I mean, how about Charles Dickens? Now there is a serious. Your title of the talk is focus is ignorance and yes. right away I feel resistant to good that word ignorance it's something I feel like I want to get away from I don't want to be considered ignorant so um, I'll stop doing it so are you using ignorance in a broader sense sure I'm just I'm, I'm just trying to help all of us uh, bring your mind down to what happens when and just notice that there's a, a contraction and an expansion that happens that you can if you, uh, those of you who are into visual art, uh, you can you can look at a say a painting, and you can look at things in there, objects, or you can look at the entire thing. Just receive the entire rectangle, square, circle, whatever it may be. But that's the same with any of the sense fields. Music, uh, you can if you notice in music, it's because it has a linear quality to it. Still, it's not exactly linear because what's what the sound you're hearing now is somehow talking to or or joined with or resonating with the sound that was happening three seconds ago. We call it a melody or maybe some other technical word for it. More about well, the... Well, my it, tendency is to want to get rid of ignorance. So? I mean, what, what's your question? That's a statement. Give me a question. Is training our mind designed to get rid of ignorance? No. Ignorance is unreal. You don't have to get rid of anything that is unreal. What does unreal mean? means it doesn't last. It has no longevity at all. Well, maybe eight years, maybe 25 years. 
13 seconds. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's something that shows up as something, and then it, it tips over or it falls over, decays. What's that fancy word for that? Entropy? Entropy is, is the, the fundamentalism of science. Anything that starts with a, a vowel is suspicious unless it's awareness. I could just make shit up all day. <laughs> so it's just this, there's just this, there's just this. There isn't anything else but this. And I'm not trying to one-up your insight into your life or into what's happening. I'm not trying to be better, particularly. Go ahead. Well, I think part of the discussion maybe you and I haven't had to do with um, our political situation. I know I feel um, overwhelmed. It seems like there's so much going on that if I focus on any one part of it, everything else seems to be dissolving in front of in front of me. So how how can we bring more awareness or awareness to a broader situation like in the political arena? <clears throat> well, entering any political arena, for instance, is going to be there's no way to sort that out. I mean, that's it's just like it's like trying to you know. Write a not you know you write something on paper, but it's like trying to write on confetti. There's the paper, here's the pen, go for it. But it's confetti; you can't write on it. It's constantly shifting. It's the very nature of uh, dependent origination that's happening there. So there's no way you hear people trying to get a handle on it. If you listen to news reporters, or no matter how dedicated, how um, how much of a humanist they are, there's still some kind of a antagonism going on about being against someone else. How do I know about it? I feel it. I'm very aware of how I feel the situation, craziness going on in our society. But also, I'm. if you ask me what to do about that, you know what I'm going to say. Train your mind. I'm not saying you shouldn't vote, of course. Do whatever you want to do. Yes? Yeah, that would, you could use it as veneer. It's a covering. Uh, uh, it's a covering, but it's uh, you can't actually see the veneer. It isn't something you do. It's, a, it's more something that you're... Uh, Distracting from or avoiding a little bit. You can use that relative term a little. Well, this is, and don't misunderstand. I'm not saying everything is, you know, doesn't matter who you vote for, and I'm not trying to get political here at all. It probably does quite a bit. So, but you should. It should come out of your awareness, not out of a, a bunch of thoughts about it. That's that's harder to do. It's more of a, a willingness to not know for longer periods of time. It's called patience. Just wait. Don't do anything unless you have to. And uh, the other word, the common word is used is jumping to conclusions about anything. You know how much, much good that does. Even though somebody's helping you, they're badgering you, so you'll jump to conclusion about them. <laughs> because that's where they get their their position from, is by opposing your position. It's called war. Lose the war. Or vote. Not that I necessarily think voting is so great, but, but also we got anything else at this point. And not, who knows if that's even going to save us from some kind of destruction that's Things keep burning, and there won't be anything left to burn. It's not called uh, fighting fire with fire. You have a question? Now do you have one? Okay, let's go there. Something mm -hmm. so you gave the example of low blood sugar, lettuce, or a glass of wine. Well, it's just another. It's another. It's the highest form of relativity is uh, relative truth, uh, which is uh, even the Indian tradition, Buddhist tradition, is. Uh, some uh, Sambridi Satya or Satya is truth. Sambridi is just a relative plus and minus plus and night and day, life and death, black and white, relative truth, real obvious. But then ultimate truth uh, doesn't have an opposite to it. Even though we talk about Sambridi Satya, Paramartha Satya is, is uh, ultimate truth. But actually, it's not the opposite 
It's not exactly. It looks that way until we understand it. But then we understand it that we see that relative truth and absolute truth, not two, they're not separate. They don't, they don't switch. The, the, the awareness, the apprehension of it is what switches. They're always, it's always true. Apprehension, the grasping or the rejecting. This, this is apprehension by grasping. This is apprehension by refusing. And this is apprehension of something else in order to distract yourself away from what you want to ignore. Apprehension, apprehension, apprehension. What problem? More? Who's that more and what is that? Mm -hmm. Well, it has to, it has to uh, the, the situation I was in, uh, that doesn't usually happen, but because it was mixed up with uh, having low blood sugar at the same time I had a nightmare. So I have to go into this so you don't know what you're talking about. I had a nightmare uh, where I was frightened by a, um, you know, or I, I don't know if I was frightened there uh, about the um, the situation with lots of people who had been killed. And uh, these days we, a lot of us have fighting or war or death uh, dreams. And at the same time, I had excuse me, had a low blood sugar and, and woke up and uh, didn't wake up. Uh, I think you woke me up. I was uh, yelling, and it, well, I wasn't yelling so much out of I was just yelling out of uh, astonishing that I saw all these people who were dead. So there was that. But then when I came out of it, it was just like any nightmare or any difficult dream or something. You just now you're awake. But instead, I woke up um, with low blood sugar, where I, I can't tell the difference between this or that. So that was mixed with this intense feeling of this being completely wrong and then and then the, the polarity of it was difficult because that, then it was like I was in a state of mind for a while until I got my because my consciousness was uh, infinitely glued to or stuck to uh, my my body mind complex which was not functioning well so it was taking me down just like a, a, you could have a person who was completely enlightened if they get dyslexia, because the consciousness is is trapped to some extent into the this whole matrix of a, a biological organism, they, they might not look a lot different than than others uh, who had this uh, um, had the Dys not dyslexia dementia. dementia. Yeah. Well, what's that A word? Yeah. Alzheimer's. Yeah. So thanks. <laughs> so. Stephen King's greatest fear. Yeah. Also. So, you more? You were able to do the relative not remembering which one. Yes. Somewhat. I can say that that if through understanding or through um, under through understanding, you can see that that this you can see it. It's in front of you. Like I sometimes say, what you're looking for, you're looking at. What what you're looking for is coming through all of your sense fields. Might come through the sense of taste. Might come through the through the sense of of sound. Some people are very sound oriented. You happen to be one of them. Uh, people, a person is very sensitive to sounds and how they're shaped and how they where they're at and how to produce them yourself with by being a drummer and so on. So it's very clear. Well, the awakening part sees that this situation is not separate from ultimate truth. It's this. It's the same and different. It's the teaching uh, way before this old man got here. Uh, the teaching of Sandokai, the equality of sameness and difference. Powerful teaching that we chant, uh, change out of every six months or so. Right now we're doing Song of the Jewel Mirror, Samadhi. But uh, that, that teaching is emphasizing that it's the same and it's different at the same time. So it's relative truth and it's ultimate truth at the same time. Two arrows meeting in midair. doesn't happen. It's, uh, 
And that's, uh, that's not by saying that that's actually going to happen. That needs to happen. But it's saying it's that rare to be able to see it. Uh, the stone woman gets up dancing, which is another metaphor. The wooden man begins to sing. The wooden man can sing? In this case, because of this teaching, yes, something that looks totally, completely dead, not alive. It's just made of stone, made of wood, sings and dances. That's just a metaphor for the self. The self is, is uh, it's not actually dead. It's just been seen through. It's, it's made of wood. It's a marionette with a long nose, yes. Describing your angel. Mm-hmm. The actual realization is not experiential because you just know it. Like if you... If you're looking at me and you know I'm, you don't have to, as you're listening to me, you don't have to cont- continually keep imputing, imagining me being here. I'm here. So but, so you you take it a few steps away from it. You're listening to what I'm saying. You're re- relating to what you're thinking about what I'm saying or what you're thinking about what I'm saying and on and on and on. But from the point of view of this understanding, uh, I'm not here. You're not there. Not separate. It doesn't mean that these bodies aren't separated. Of course they are. More. Less, yeah, yes. A couple of weeks ago when we were studying Dogen, you responded to a question by saying, when we're sitting, we're always go, going in and out of samadhi. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that? But the truth is the truth is the truth. The truth is true. It's just covered up with layers and layers of passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear, wanting this, not wanting that, you know. Try to shut ourselves off from everything. It's everywhere. You can't hardly meet somebody that doesn't have, doesn't have themselves insulated from their world, from, from just grass and tree. I'm not trying to get, I'm not talking about it being a tree hugger particularly. That's a different kind of covering up. I'm talking about just this, just here, just in this room. So uh, samadhi is, uh, means not to. Uh, the, uh, in the Tibetan tradition, it's called the vajra-like samadhi. Vajra means adamantine or indestructible not to-ness, the indestructible advaita or non-duality. That when one awakens to that, you just use the word awakening to have some kind of a relative term to say this is kind of what it looks like. But actually, I say many times, uh, saying it now, you're grandfathered in, you're grandmothered in. As soon as you see it, you feel like you've always known this. You've known it's not way past this lifetime you've known it. But you have to wake up to that, or you have to realize that the not to ness. <coughs> That's all I'm here to do is to encourage you to do that. And I'll keep doing that until this falls over. And then you'll remember that I'm doing it. And every now and then you'll think, what was he said? He said something about Alzheimer's. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So regarding that, I think after that you said, you're, we're all going in and out of samadhi yes. when you're sitting. You just don't know it. Mm-hmm. So is there, if there's any insight, is there any experiential distinction between mm-hmm. in and out? Yeah, but what happens is the ego mind, because the self-centeredness is so disguised, it's such an imposter for the for, our, for your Buddha nature. It's, it wants it wants to be there for your awakening. It wants, it's like uh, as Trungpa Rinpoche used the metaphor. It's like it wants to witness its own funeral because you can't awaken if there's some kind of solid being who who is uh, uh, in love with themselves. So that has to be it seems that has to be seen through that the, the self-centeredness is unreal. It's not that it's there. I can see my ego, my self-centeredness. I'm sure you can too. I mean, to some people in here might think that I'm uh, um, uh, stuck on myself. Any accusers? And I don't. Maybe I am. But I'm not concerned about what you think about what you think I'm thinking. What I am concerned about is how can I help you realize <laughs> what this looks like from here. How can I help you see this? 
That's if you want to. If you don't, then just bow and leave. Tell me where you're going, because I don't want you to write. Yes. How can you be helped? Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. I know she had windows to work on, and get over there and work on the windows. <laughs> but, you know, really, this is set up in such a way, if you notice, notice how uh, even without our our uh, our guide, Jason, here for several days, everything went pretty good. And it's not because, just because Shoka's smart. Well, maybe, maybe it is. We'll give a little credit. But no, it did, it, everything went pretty good. I didn't have to stay in here and watch anybody. I just came in and did my little part by sitting here. But the whole thing ran pretty good, considering that's something we hadn't done, uh, this uh, memorial service for uh, my uh, Zen master, Kobanchino Roshi. Yeah. Final question, Britt? I have one. Certainly. Last thing that you said about, I'm not concerned about what you so, and this is in relation relates to a relationship you have or a conversation. So, let me back up. So, if you're not concerned about what are you thinking or what's where we go from, yes, I'm, I'm concerned, uh, very, very concerned about ending suffering for myself and others as much uh, as I can. That's my main focus. And I'm not in it for the money. It is. Okay, no, no, I get that. I get okay. that because um, you know, okay. I, I have a relationship that I can relate that to. Okay. And um, yeah, that just yeah. Uh, avoiding isn't that what you no. said? No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm full, of, I'm full say? of suffering. But there isn't. There's just suffering. There isn't anybody suffering. Okay. You? I got. Can I have it? I got it. <laughs> I don't know what you got, but I got what I came. Well, good. I'm glad you did. No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Certainly. Thank you. Further questions? Yeah, that was good. Thank you so much.